Macarion to Stokes, who's onside! season of football with Southampton Football Club and of course the Saints FC podcast. Welcome back everyone. Thanks John. Hi, welcome back. Um, so for those of you who are new to the show, you're not going to know um, who we all are, so we'll quickly introduce ourselves. So uh, my name's John Bailey, I'm the, I suppose the host of the Saints FC podcast, um, sat to my left hand side. Hi, I'm Tom, uh, Tom Parker. I'm regularly have the fortune to sit on the sofa with John and talk about Saints. Hi, I'm James Bailey and I, uh, I'm fortunate enough to slightly less regularly talk about Southampton as well. Yeah, but regularly sleep on this sofa. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, we're all three Saints fans. Uh, for those of you that um, have listened before, we're not going to go too far into the details. Um, but obviously, you know, big welcome to everyone who's listening for the first time. Uh, big welcome back to everyone who listened to us last season and the season before. Um, as you know, if you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, you can do at Saints FC Podcast. If you want to email in, you can do so at saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to be going through some of your questions and statements and thoughts on, on the new season a little bit later on in the show. Um, but if you want to hear what we think about what, what you have to say, do get in, involved in those channels. Um, if you want to tell your friends, particularly the Saints supporting friends about this podcast, that'd be really useful. Lots of people don't know how to download podcasts, um, but you can show that person how to do it. You can even show them how to access it on YouTube. Tell a friend about it, tweet about it, write can, to your MP about it. I don't know. You can even just take their phone off them, type Saints FC podcast into their podcast app and hit subscribe. Yeah, but you do have to show them how to get back to that and then uh, <laughs> actually listen to it afterwards. Um, okay, so, I mean, should we, should we crack on with the agenda? Yes, why not? Yeah, so, I mean, we had last season. Should we have a, a, a word on the World Cup? Uh, bittersweet bittersweet yeah we're all England fans here it, I mean I don't think any any of us necessarily expected reaching the semi-finals a bit disappointing not to have any Saints players in it but that, that disappointment seemed kind of evaporated with the excitement didn't it would have been nice to see Ryan Bertrand it would have been squad. nice to see Ryan Bertrand yeah, yeah, perhaps probably the only one yeah. probably the only one who could have made it um, there were some other Saints players playing in the World Cup though and um, we might be talking about a couple of those later on. Um, last season, uh, we sat down on the sofa and we talked about our predictions for this season. And um, we'd just come off the back of the season with Claude Puel, managed to get Saints to eighth in the um, Premier League, got us to the EFL Cup final. But the football was pretty turgid. We hadn't scored for, you know, hadn't scored particularly frequently in the last kind of, I suppose, dozen games of the season, really. And it was starting to get pretty dark. 
and we chatted about it. No one was particularly disappointed that Claude Puel had left, and, and we were looking quite forward and with quite a lot of excitement to what life might be under like under Maurizio Pellegrino and we, we just thought well if he can achieve what Claude Puel did but then do it with a bit more panache a bit more excitement a bit more personality then we'd be looking forward to the season and we kind of predicted that was what was going to happen how did that work out John? Uh, it didn't really work out <laughs> he didn't even see the season out Mar- Maurizio Pellegrini thank god for that yeah yeah uh, I think if he had seen the season out, we might be talking about life in the championship. Today. Yeah, we'd have a game on Saturday. Mm. If, if he had. Uh, we do have a game, but it's one of those meaningless pre-season ones, isn't it? Unless we win, in which case it's a sign that we're definitely going to win the league. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we, we had kind of two previous seasons where we started off with a brand new manager. And this season is a little bit different in the fact that Mark Hughes kind of started a little bit early with a rescue job. Um, but I think we can talk about him in the same sort of terms as being a new manager. Say, so, I mean, Mark Hughes, he's been in the Premier League since 2004 with Blackburn. Previous to that, he was Wales manager. And obviously, those of us who are old enough to remember him scoring lots of goals in the Premier League, playing for Southampton. In fact, where he didn't score many goals, but did score an amazing volley. That was a great goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the new-ish manager? Uh, well, he's got to be now. What is with Wenger gone? Is he the most uh, the manager with the most Premier League experience? Maybe. Um, I'm. Ex- I like Mark Hughes a lot. I think he is capable of doing the simple things. I, I think we have to be realistic. He's not going to probably get us into the Champions League. Uh, but can he? Uh, you know, based on the evidence, can he motivate? the players Southampton have to perform at least the level that they are capable of. I think we saw that towards the end of last season. Um, you know, I like, I think he's, he seems pretty honest and I think with the signings the the club have made, they've backed him, which is really important. You know, previous seasons we've gone into the first game, almost signing players too late and it doesn't look like they've trained or yeah, I think this time around we, he's the club have given him a really good chance. So I'm, I'm excited about, about the next season coming up. Yeah, and I suppose that whole thing about kind of signing people late or early is Mark Hughes being appointed a little bit before the end of last season meant that he was already in place all summer, which probably helped with that. Yeah, and it also means we've been able to get rid of the deadwood in the squad and obviously mm-hmm. people, uh, some of those are players which, um, you know, if you believe what you read, are considered to be quite negative influences around the club. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, and we also appear to have kept... Um, you know, every player that you'd probably want to keep, mm. particularly the two fullbacks. Um, so, all in all, touch wood, lack of a striker aside, it's looking like a pretty successful pre-season. James, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm quite happy with Mark Hughes. Um, I know I did say at the end of last season that maybe we should look at other managers, but um, a bit of that was devil's ad- advocate, and uh, a little bit of that was maybe we could have got someone better. But I think... We've got him, and I'm I'm perfectly happy with him. And let's, and we've still got most of our good players, and we've got some new ones as well. So yeah, hopefully, um, we'll um we'll hit this season running and um and get get back to where we should be in the table. So um, I don't know if you guys would be interested in listening to the win percentages of Mark Hughes and his his previous tenures. So, um. I think we can rule out Wales because I don't think there's too much similarity with that one. But with Blackburn Rovers, who's there for four years, win percentage of 43.6. Take that, wouldn't you? 
I mean, when he was appointed as Blackburn manager, the mission statement was to avoid relegation. Really. Mm. And he got them, I think, to a cup final or a cup semi-final in that tenure as well. Manchester City, slightly higher expectation. Um, he was there for about a year and a half with a win ratio of 46%. Again, pretty good, but probably not up to the standards that Man City expected at that point. So that was, he was there when all the money came flooded in, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't last, did he, at that, that long? And then we've got a bit of um, a dip here. So then he was managed at Fulham for... Uh, basically a season with a 32% win ratio and Queen's Park Rangers the following season um, well he did kind of half as two halves of a season and things didn't go so well there so I think he they survived relegation the first half that he kind of came in for and then the second half of the next season things were not looking particularly good and he got the boot QPR's a bit of a poison chalice though isn't it yeah and then Stoke City, who I think probably is maybe the closest in terms of kind of like size, fan base, financial backing. Um, you know, he he played he was manager of two hundred games there, which is about five years, um, and a thirty-five and a half percent win ratio. It's not bad. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's right. If for Stoke, I mean, sorry, Stoke fans, but. You know, they've, they've yeah, struggled to attack the great place. No, and if you are listening yeah. to it, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong stripes. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think, I don't think we've got anything really to worry about with Mark Hughes. He, he knows the league. I think one of the main things we grumbled about last season consistently under Pellegrino was his in-game management and he would just be outwitted by seemingly the most obvious things. And you do get the impression, Mark Hughes, that's going to probably not happen to Mark Hughes so much. Yeah. If we compare him to some recent Saints managers like win percentage, so let's let's say thirty five percent might be what we'd expect. Maurizio Pellegrini, twenty three percent as win win that, percentage. I think that was even worse yeah. you know, when you look at Premier League. Clubwell, thirty seven percent. Which, you know, solid. Solid but underwhelming, I think. Is, yeah. Could, <laughs> How many of those were 1 0? 1 0 victories. That's on top of Clawpwell's CV. Clawpwell, solid but underwhelming. Um, Kuman, 48.35%. Oh, I watched that video of the 3 2 against yeah. Liverpool the other day and it does make your heart flutter. Um, Pochettino, 38%. Nigel Atkins, 54%. I mean, I suppose it's a slightly different era, Southampton, that really is. Um, Alan Pardew is one fifty-three percent win win ratio. Again, down in League One though, where we were expected to win games. Uh, yeah, uh, but what a great time that was as a Saints fan. Yeah, fantastic. So, so what do we think he's going to do? Uh, or or, or should we just mull over that? Should we get through the podcast and he can give you some predictions at the end? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's get warmed up. Let's get warmed up. Okay. Right, come on, let, let's get excited about it. So we've got a new manager in, we've got some new players in, um, we've got someone with a lot of experience, we've got someone who's British, which uh, means a lot for a lot of people. Certainly probably means an improvement in terms of communication. I think yeah. Pellegrini yeah. even identified that himself as, as something that he had a problem with. Um, so let, let's get into our first kind of listener tweet from Saints in France, Robbie. Um, and he just says, your opinions on the transfer business so far? So, 
I mean, I don't know. Basically, you can get, you can jump in, shout a player, and then tell me what you think. Gutted about Stuart Taylor. Okay, explain why. I don't just know. For the social just, media just, output. Just because I thought it was a funny thing to say, John. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're all chuckling wherever you are listening to this. James, give me a shout. I mean, the the player I'm going to miss is Tadic because even when he wasn't bothering to put much effort in, he still managed to get in. Getting the odd assist and the odd goal, and when he was playing well, he was really good. So that's going to be annoying that yeah. he's gone. But I'm going to ask you both your biggest, best Tadic memory in a little bit. Oh, so I know mine. Let that mull over. Oh, I know mine. It's good. Um, okay. What about, should we go through our out? Let's get let's get rid of the deadwood first, and then let's yeah. get excited about the players coming. Sofia and Buffal out on loan to Celta Vigo. What a wasted talent. You know, and I, we all dreamt as kids, didn't we, all being footballers? And, and, you know, it was like the dream thing to do. And we all had this pipe dream that even though everyone knew that by the age of six who was going to be, who could ever be a footballer. And Buffal has all that talent, all that skill, all that brilliance. And he, he just can't apply it, certainly in this league. Um, like, it's sad to see him go, but how many more chances were they going to give him? And I think that, that the persistent rumors of, you know, him offering to fight Mark Hughes or Mark Hughes offering to fight him. Basically trying to start a fight with Pellegrino after he scored that one deal. Yeah, you just, you know, he's got a bad attitude and, and good riddance to bad rubbish, I say. But, you know, and if you look like how many goals, five goals in two seasons, um, you know, yeah. one goal that really mattered, which was the, the West Brom goal. Yeah. It's not really I mean, a great return. Yeah, but also there were some lovely touches, but there wasn't, he didn't hurt teams, did he? No, there was a lot of frustration basically involved in watching him. Um, okay, next one out, Guido Carrillo. Well, that's the, so he's, you know. Everton's record signing. Yeah, I mean, as far as we know, Southampton's biggest waste of money as well, so far. I mean, maybe he'll come back um, and show us prove us all wrong in a year's time but given that he's gone to um the team that finished 17th Leganes. in yeah Leganes who's finished 17th in the last three seasons in La Liga and followed Mauricio Pellegrino yeah back followed him I think we I think we can guess who wanted to sign him and um and I don't, yeah and he didn't really do it for us on the pitch you know? it's so weird isn't it like the club we spoke about this last season how the club is you know so intelligent mm. and the black box and thinks like light years ahead of anyone else and then they must have known that the stage was set for Pellegrino and even if we stayed up Pellegrino would have probably had to go mm. certainly based on the precedent they'd set with Claude Puel so why sign this guy this guy that you know, I don't doubt his effort and his commitment, but he couldn't get off the bench really for Monaco. He never looked like scoring a goal for Saints. Um, and it just was such a weird signing. We spent all that money and, you know, I know I, I do bang on about the young players a lot, but how bad could Sam, how he could, he, could Sam, would Sam Gallagher have been any worse? Bring Sam Gallagher back from loan from, from Birmingham. Um, it was just such a weird signing that, you know, makes you think football is still for all the science and everything it says football is still mad so I'm going to pick out the highlight of his uh, 
Saints career and let me know if you disagree with me on this but on a bleak cold 24th of February 2018 Southampton were trailing Burnley 1-0 from an Ashley Barnes goal how familiar that sounds and then in the 90th minute I think was it a corner it went to the back post and Guido Carrillo headed it was it a head back goal right and Gabbiadini netted yeah 1-1 that's it. That's it, isn't yeah. it? It's nineteen million pounds, right? Pounds. I feel. I, I've got to say, I feel sorry for the guy because Sage should never have signed him. Um, he clearly wasn't cut out for it. I, I feel, you know, as much as you can feel sorry for any twenty-five-year-old earning sixty grand a week, I feel sorry for the guy. We last this time last season we talked about um, what was it that Cuco Martina had on Cumin, the fact that he'd signed him for Everton. Um, I mean, I think Guido Carrillo has obviously achieved a lot more in his career than Cuco Martina has. He did quite well at Monaco a couple of seasons ago. But I think, you know, for Saints, he's another Martina, except without a wonderful goal to remember him by. He's the, and I say, it's the answer to a pub quiz yeah. question, in, isn't it? In fact, actually, normally, our big signings, even the flops, at least get a really important or special goal. I mean, Danny Pablo Osvaldo. Osvaldo, yeah. City. Buffal, who's a previous record signing that goal against West Brom. Yeah. Rory Delap. <laughs> yeah, he was a yeah, record signing. Yeah, he's got a few goals sometimes. He, he was actually a fair decent signing. Yeah. Uh, Jordi Classy, back to Feyenoord. My views is Jordi Classy stood in the way of Harrison Reed. Mm. And he was a, again, he was a strange signing. Didn't look big or strong enough for that league. Um, the best win per percentage yeah. of any Saints player he's thanks. played over 50 games thanks Duncan Alexander yeah. Uh, but yeah just didn't look big enough didn't look strong enough um, just totally unsuited and you just did wonder like that was a, a Koeman signing to be fair Koeman got a lot, a lot right in his yeah. signings uh, he, that one was wrong I mean it was wrong but it wasn't it wasn't a disaster um, Florin Gardos who according to my sources is signed for a team called Unassigned Players or I think that means <laughs> Hasn't even got a club. Apparently, he was on like thirty-five grand a week at Saints. Really? I think he's gone to a university. From what I saw, I know. I think Romania or Croatia. I think a lot of the Romanian teams have like university before them, like university Craiova. Yeah. Um. So I I think they're like professional teams, but um. But yeah, never really got a chance to show anything, did he? Two that we've already mentioned: Dusan Tadic and Stuart Taylor. I'm going to bring brings back Tadic in a little bit. Um. So let's get on to the end. So like I say, this is the bit where I want you guys to get me excited. Um, what do we know about Stuart Armstrong? £7 million from the Scottish champions. Apparently he has a marvellous hairdo. That's, that's all I know. Can you he tell me is, the rest? He is very handsome. Could, looks like he could have been on Love Island a few years ago. By all accounts, he's going to give us a bit of craft in midfield. He scores goals. It's difficult, isn't it, to gauge for the Scottish league. Um, but Everyone who's played with him speaks very, very highly of him. Um, uh, Brennan, Brennan Rogers, who obviously managed Liverpool and Swansea, knows the Premier League, spoke very, very, very highly of him, saying he's a player who can play at the highest level. He looks like he hurts play, uh, hurts teams. So, um, yeah, I, and we know Saints have been after him for quite some time. So, and we, you know, we have missed a midfield schemer, haven't mm. we? And he does, you know, he's been playing behind the front two at the preseason. So, I it'd be interesting. Stephen Davis got older and been more injured. That that kind of midfield scheme, mm. you know, that person who can do the box to box role in quite a clever way. Yeah, is that who he's been brought in as understudy and potential replacement of? 
Yeah, I think so. I think um, we always seem to send, have a scout permanently parked at Celtic Park, watching their players <laughs> and bringing in the best ones. So we've got to assume that he's, he must be one of the best ones up there. He scores a few goals, gets a few assists, probably has quite good distribution in the in the um, in the opponent's half, which is something we really do need and we were lacking last season. And um, he has the odd shot from outside the box, which is another thing we, we didn't really do last season as well. So, yeah, hopefully he should uh, he should produce some good uh, good yeah. form for us and get some goals, get some assists, put in some good performances. And so the hair... It's just got really good hair. So, I mean, what what can you describe why it's so good? Because I mean, basically, it's so luxurious. I mean, like looking at my hair, right? It's it's okay, like one dimensional hair, but this is it's like Jack from Love Island hair. It's so thick. It's like Samson. So um, I have no idea who Jack from Love Island is. He's got really good hair, like very thick hair. But I'm just saying, he's got. You know, he looks a bit um, like Roy the Rover style. I've got a feeling he's going to be a, there's a few fan favourites this year I've got yeah. a feeling Stuart Armstrong is going to be a big fan favourite do you think yeah I just I think he's going to he's going to bring something to the team and relax just a bit of spark a bit of imagination so I mean in terms of goals his career total is 48 from 291 appearances that's so one in that chipping in once every six one games. every six yeah that would be alright wouldn't it that's really good that yeah share in the Premier League I mean that's a that's a seven games seven goal season which uh, of any of our midfielders top from Tadic got seven goals in a season recently and Tadic is arguably a forward slash winger yeah so like you know if he if he does that then he's done exceptionally well okay so Stuart Armstrong we're looking forward to meeting you Mohamed Elionusi I have no idea if I've got that pronunciation right but it looks if that's how it's phonetically then I, I, that might be a good fist there. I mean, how it's would you enough. say it, Tom? I, you don't even want to begin. To, no, so <laughs> I'll just call him L. Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. I. No. I mean, Ellie. this yeah. is your guy. You're you're a big fan. Yeah. I um when he signed him, he um, I sort of was like, I think I've heard of him, and then uh, <laughs> which always helps. And um, yeah, so you know, did the classic thing: go to YouTube, type in the name, get the auto. Um, correct spelling of the name from YouTube and um, and like the videos. Um, he put in a pretty good performance against Man City at the Etihad last season in the Champions League. Scored a goal. Yeah, he did, didn't he? And um, and yeah, he's 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 an assists and goals man. So we we like people that get us goals. And um, and I think he's he's gonna do a good job. Good attacking player. Nice pass on him. Likes a good little dink over the top. Something for other players to run on to. So, if you're going to describe him to a Saints fan, are there any kind of players or ex-players that you would look at and say, he looks a bit like he could be one of them? I mean, I'd probably say Tadic. Okay. And um, maybe Tadic, like, you know, I think the problem with Tadic last season is that he's been in the Premier League for a while. So, people, I think people work, work them out, like mm. at least some players do. And so I think a fresh, tricky attacking midfielder is always a good thing because it keeps the opponents on their toes. And usually um, they don't actually bother to look at them until uh, until we've played them once and he's scored a goal or got the assist. So, so Tom, I'm going to need your maths here. 236 career appearances, 80 goals. What's that, one in every five? One in, one in three. 
One in three? Yeah. 240, the closest. Yeah, right. Um, now, that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be great. I mean, obviously, looking at the standard of football he's played at, um, you know, he's played in for two Norwegian clubs and then Basel, but, uh, yeah, he's played Champions League regularly. He's got goals in the Champions League. Um, Saints of Bill Account's been tracking him for something like six years, he said in an interview recently. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've got, I think this is a really exciting signing for Saints. This is a genuine Champions League footballer of the kind of player that, like, a bit like Lamina, you know, a kind of Champions League player that is willing, you know, with the money that's in the Premier League now and the attention the Premier League gets, is willing to take a sort of a, a small step down and sideways almost. Yeah. Um, and it, it does seem to be a genuine winger with pace that's very direct, which is, and then, and with end product. Yeah. And we've kind of had pace, we've had direct. We've suffered for end product probably since Mane. Mm. Um, so, yeah, exciting times. Big signing. Yeah, turns 24 this week. Happy birthday, Moroccan Mohammed. origin, but uh, plays for Norway. And um, he's even got four international, senior international goals, which is quite exciting, including a hat-trick against the formidable force of San Marino. Hey, they're no mugs. Yeah, he has also got a goal against Sweden, which, you know, they're a little bit meaner in defence than San Marino. Um, uh, you know, and someone who scores against Man City, he'd be very welcome to do that again next season. So moving next down onto my list, Angus Gunn, a goalkeeper. And I think this is a transfer which, I mean, it caught me by surprise. Yeah, this is good because this is one of our two combined transfers uh, with a combined height of something like 13 and a half foot, uh, which I like. Uh, it's sort of size of a family <laughs> Caravan. Do you know the entire height of our transfer? <laughs> I just care about the two big ones. Yeah. Now, again, this kind of took everyone by surprise. I think it's a real sign that if you're Fraser Forster, you must be thinking, that's it, I'm kind of done. You're kind it's of gone. thinking, where can I get a loan to? In the yeah, league? you know, England's number two slash number three to Southampton's number three. And as you pointed out, we don't have great goalkeepers. Mm. So to be third choice at Saints is not a very flattering position to be in. Uh, all I know really about him is that apparently Norwich fans rated him very highly. He's very, very good. Um, son of Brian Gunn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, a literal biblical giant. Um, and I think it's good because I think one of the real problems we have with yeah, Fraser he's Forster. He's not a literal biblical giant. He's not, yeah. Well, he could That's be. A, he's a metaphorical he's a, yeah, giant. Saw... Probably in the flatlands of Norwich. Yeah, in the the fens. (laughs) You'd see it from miles away. Uh, I think he's... What's good as well, I think one of the problems with Fraser Forster is I think Fraser Forster got complacent. It seems to get complacent. Uh, He took the foot off his gas and, uh, you know, because McCarthy could not get near that team no matter what and then turns out McCarthy was actually pretty good when he came Mm. in. It's good. I think, you know, they need to be kept on their toes. So where does Angus Gunn come in the pecking order? Is he in below McCarthy or has he jumped straight to the top? I think he's numero deux. Numero deux. Yeah, same I mean, here. I'm saying that as, as though, like, Fraser Forster's, isn't he? Are we considering Fraser Forster's I, his way out? I think Fraser Forster's gone to Rainbow Bridge. He's he's out. Yeah. I mean, there are rumours that he's going to go to Burnley. And Burnley have great track record with goalkeepers, don't they? Is it Tom Heaton and Nick Pope? Are there two goalkeepers? Is Heaton Burnley or am I going to Yeah, he is. Right? But yeah. Pope Pope's injured, I think. So if he goes to Burnley... Mm. I mean, they, is he going there as an understudy to I Heaton? think he's going to he's also injured which is why Pope got his yeah I think he'll be going as an understudy to Heaton yeah. and Heaton's a very good keeper yeah I, I I also think that other clubs probably look at Fraser Foster from 
a couple of seasons ago, or three seasons ago, or four seasons ago, where he actually was a very good goalkeeper for us, and he does he is massive and he does save a penalty quite regularly. And so I do think he's good enough to go into another like another team in the Premier League and mm. give it a go. And it's, I think he's just lost a bit of lost a bit of focus. And you you know, with some players, it might just be a change of scenery or a new manager that gets them on their toes that um you know a new challenge that will bring them back and i think maybe that maybe alone at another club could could reignite his career and he might come back to us uh, uh, better and what about angus gun what type of goalkeeper is he because um if he's young he's a hot prospect he's highly rated why is pep not interested in him because pep likes young rated players and quite often molds them in his own shape but we also know that Pep with goalkeepers likes goalkeepers to be you know your 11th outfield player is is that going to be where he's going to be lacking is that why he's not been given a chance with Pep I don't know I mean Man City are they're a footballing for not you know they're a, mm. they're a machine aren't they a behemoth yeah and they've not got time for players that may or may not be mm. great you know they've, 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 they can't risk the game time with players like that particularly obviously a goalkeeper where it can go so wrong so quickly um and you know maybe the alternative is that maybe they did want to keep him and maybe he wanted to go um you know he must be realistic he's not going to get near that number one shirt at man city so you know maybe man city's misfortune is our gain i hope very much that is the case yeah 22 years old i mean let's hope you know if if he turns out to be good he could have a you know good solid 15 years ahead of him yeah which would be great especially if they're Good solid fifteen years for us, and like like a nice long career player. And he's us. played for England at every single level. Yeah. So. So Gareth Southgate's going to be keen on him. He's yeah. Proved it in the Premier League. And also, it's, it was a nice under the radar signing. You don't get yeah. many of those anymore. Um. So next signing, which probably can't go under the radar because of the size of the guy. Yes. Know, this Viking has strode into St Mary's, uh, Yannick Vestergaard. Um, again, not entirely sure if I got the pronunciation right, but hopefully um, our Norwegian friends can get involved and, and tell us. Um, or our Danish is, friends. Danish friends, yeah. Let's, uh, Racist. I mean, obviously, I send Norwegian friends for uh, Mohamed Ali <laughs> and uh, our Danish friends for Yannick Vestergaard. Signed from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah. For £18 million. That's a serious outlay for Southampton. We don't normally pay that much for players, do we? Only players that score one or that we just ship off to Leganes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, score none. Score none and ship off to Leganes, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I believe that Vestigard is, is Danish for cult hero. This guy has got cult hero written all over him. He's a giant. He's like something from Game of Thrones. Uh, he can head the ball, which is something actually we've not been able to do for since Van Dyke went off the boil. Um, he scores goals. Again, something our centre-backs haven't really done since Van Dyke went off the ball. He looks like a leader. A German colleague of mine who lives in Munich uh, sports Hamburg. So the Vestergaard is one of the best centre-backs in in, um, in the Bundesliga. And he's amazed that he's been allowed to go to Southampton um, because he thought he'd go somewhere, you know, one of the top German teams or one of the top Italian or, or teams. He strikes me as a really, really exciting player. And he seems like a really nice guy. So, so what's the catch? We're just a stepping stone. This is maximum yeah, two seasons of a wonderful player. Everyone apart from Barcelona, Real Madrid and PSG are a stepping stone. Yeah, there, There's no shame in being a stepping stone. Um, 
let's enjoy it. I mean, the catch is probably he's got the turning circle of a of an oil tanker. Yeah. So what? So, so it's. It, I mean, we've had some pretty seriously decent centre backs come through Southampton over the years. Do we think he's going to be the next one? Is he the next big star? Yeah, I hope so. And I think he also, it's one of these things where it looks like Mark Hughes looked at something that one of the, our failings, especially under Mark Hughes, uh, well, not especially under Mark Hughes, but for the whole season was our mm. inability to defend corners when Van Dijk left. And, um, and buying a Could player that is end? a giant. Could this be the end of the last 10 minutes <laughs> back post? We were, Cedric being left responsible, or, or is that just the five at the back? I mean, we were like, I think I think Cedric's bad. always going to get caught out the back at some point because he's he just doesn't have that. I mean, so, even yeah. jumping, he's some players are taller than him. Yeah. Um, but I think it's more that the corners coming in and just defending crosses that this guy should help us with. I think he's he sounds like, by all accounts, he sounds like a decent player. He's Hot tip: He um, he was one of the highest scoring fantasy football players for a defender in the Bundesliga last season. I I've got to admit, I've already got I've already got him <laughs> in my fantasy football team. Tom's just shown me an Instagram photo of him standing about a foot taller than the shower head of some hotel. He's, he's in, he says the downside of being nearly two meters and showering in Japan. It's <laughs> <laughs> excellent. He's got a sense of humor as well. Yeah, rare in a footballer. Um, okay, so let, let, let's move on now. So Ashley, um, a good name, 177. That's his Twitter handle. If you'd like to follow him, said, any players that have moved to different clubs this summer that you wish we had signed? And whilst oh, you a good question. That, I can give you another question. Who would you like us to sign? Who have we not yet signed? Because the, the season is a mere week and a half mm. away. I'm gonna. I mean, this might be controversial for some Southampton fans, and I think it'd be incredibly popular for others. Um, I think we should sign Adam Lallana. I mean, if I want, if I wanted a player, I'd want someone who's gonna sit behind the um, the strikers, cause trouble, get assists, score goals, and has has a nice um, nice touch of the ball. You know, he likes to take it past players. I'd love to see him back. Hmm. I mean, I I am a, a little bit bitter about how he left, but I can I can you, quick you I could swiftly move on if he if he if it was just like shock transfer. Adam Lallana decides that Liverpool was a waste of his time and comes back to Southampton. I mean, it, that's it's not really realistic, though, is it? Like, Liverpool don't have him in the shop window, do they? Unless Naby Keita. No, I don't. They signed a few midfielders this yeah. year, but they play a lot of games, don't they? So I don't know. Who would I like us to sign? I, is that Sam Vokes? That's my guess. Yeah, well, Sam Vokes is on the list, isn't he? But do we need another massive, permanently cropped striker? Uh, I would suggest Wait, not. We could do the massive striker that is fit all the time and yeah. loves scoring goals for fun. And, you know, Someone Sam... Like Alan Shearer. Sam Vokes is a very good player on his day. Um, but, you know, I, you could see Sam Vokes getting very injured yeah. very quickly. I don't really think... I, I'm trying to think who we need. We need a full... I do think we need another goal-scoring forward. Um do we go like a bit left field? Do we have like a Danny Welbeck? Uh, again, we'll be injured. I'm getting some shaking of the heads here. Yes, like, You're like a Daniel Sturridge, but that's someone who's a bit of a, a fox Daniel, in the box. I mean, yeah, but Daniel Sturridge's performances for West Brom was, wasn't it like 53 minutes against us where he was very threatening 
and then he limped off the pitch and wasn't threatening yeah. for the rest of the season. I don't know. I don't think there's none of the. I'm looking here at the completed transfer list. There's, there's nothing that exciting. In terms yeah. of players that you think we've missed a trick on. Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it, to to feel where we'd really get a, a lift. Because um, I do think all we are really is is a few of our players playing above the level they've recently been playing at. Players like uh, Charlie Austin, players like Nathan Redmond. Um, if they can play at the level we know they're capable of, um, then we'll be absolutely, we'll be more than fine. We'll be pretty strong. I actually think we've probably had one of the better transfer windows. I've had a lot of people looking enviously across to West Ham United. I mean, Jack Wilshere, Ryan yeah. Fredericks, Issa Diop, Lucas I, I, I mean, I'm surprised we didn't go for Fredericks because uh, we need a right back, clearly. Mm. Um, and obviously a free transfer would have been a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've spent a lot of money, as yeah. they always do. Um, it'll it be interesting. It doesn't. Yeah. It very rarely works out for them, to be honest. So yeah, let let's see, let's see. I think I don't think there's anyone I would have really, you know, really kicking myself that we didn't sign. Um, I mean, last season for me, I thought Kelly Nacho was perhaps the the player that I thought yeah maybe we should have brought in. I also called Harry Maguire. I was big. I'd like I would have liked to yeah. sign Harry Maguire. Yeah, um, he's proven his worth already, hasn't he? Uh, but you know, you can't look back. You can only look forward. And you look at some of the money as well that's being pumped around for players. What about Rickarlison for 40 million? Yeah, I mean, like, Jesus Christ. Rickarlison hasn't scored a goal this calendar year. He's got five goals before that. Um, 22 million pounds for Mitrovic, who is, like, by all accounts, yeah, he seems to be like a decent championship striker. There's a lot of money being thrown around. And I mm. just wonder, like, is it really Saints maybe just holding, holding back a little bit? What about Jorginho from Napoli? I'd have taken Jorginho. Yeah. At uh, fifty seven million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I mean actually when we're looking enviously at the big boys, but in terms of the teams that we would expect to be battling with and jostling for position with, I don't know if we have necessarily missed a trick. I, I'd be interested to know what you think, because um I imagine you had someone in mind when you asked uh, us that question. I think so, I think the only one that we missed was hmm. was that because it seems to be the one we were in for is Madison. Yeah. from Norwich um, where he chose to go to Leicester instead. he chose to go to Leicester instead and uh, yeah I think we kind of we signed Armstrong so we kind of got that kind of scheming midfield player but Madison is the sort of player you'd have thought come Saints young English player yeah um, that's the, that was the only real disappointing one really yeah what about Quincy Promise what happened there we were all told it was a done deal in January was that just uh, didn't he get Nick for hitting his wife or something in Ibiza did he that's what I was told as unsubstantiated and not true allegation <laughs> like it may have just libeled uh, Quincy Promise uh, yeah, I think I think the problem with Promise was that he um, he quickly dropped off our radar when um, was Saint, it is it um, was it St. Petersburg yeah Zenit St. Petersburg yeah yeah once they started asking money that only Everton would pay for players mm. Yeah, I mean, Everton. What's going on there? 40 million for Richardson. Jesus God. Well, they're owned by Arsenal, aren't they? There's a bit of controversy <laughs> about that. It's not really legal. Again, allegedly. And can <laughs> or may or may not be proved, but that's just something I saw in a BBC Panorama documentary. Oh, we need to move on, otherwise we're going to have to get some lawyers, aren't we? Sued for libel. So, 
Tadic memories. Time. So we're going to talk about Dusan Tadic. Can I go first? Go for it. I, my favourite Dusan moment was the goal against West Ham where he was put through one-on-one and he did a step over and the West Ham, it was Adrian, um, like just fell backwards because he just didn't expect it. So it just totally blew Adrian's mind and he just kind of rolled it into an empty net and it was just this lovely moment of of like, that's why that's why they're so skilled, you know, they're so mm-hmm. clever in the very moment that it matters and he just, it's a great goal. It's a, And I think we won 3-0 today. It's a really good day to be a yeah. Saints fan. James? I mean, I'm not going to pick a specific point but just a general feeling we got, I got from when, watching him play when we had um, when we had Sadio Mane, Graziani Pella and Shane Long when Shane Long was scoring goals and we'd get the ball in our box and then you'd clear it and you'd everyone would jump up on out of their seat because they expected something to happen because we mm. had three, four players breaking aggressively against a, a nervy defence. And um, say, so, I mean... I think he was pretty instrumental in our 8-0 win against Sunderland, which I think we've got to consider as a pretty panacea moment for Southampton. But my favourite, one of my favourite Tadic moments is actually that goal he scored against Manchester United, which was exceptional to win. In terms of um, skill, I mean, decent Tadic was great at skill. I mean, like I mean, the goal he scored against West Brom last season, I thought was really sexy. The goal against West uh, Everton at St Mary's was was really nice as well. But that goal against Manchester United, which I think was our first win at Old Trafford since the days of Matt Letizia banging goals regularly, I mean that was just that was just wonderful. That was like an instinctive. Uh, came back off the came post, back off didn't post, didn't he? Just low and hard into the middle of the net, and then he lost it. Lost his rag. One of got a yellow card. Yeah, he loved that. He was yeah. very very ripped, wasn't he? In so, a strange way. I mean, but but generally. I, I mean, Decent Tadic goes out the door, I think, with his head held high. He proved that he could do it at the Premier League level. Um, I think most Saints fans will remember him fondly, mainly because the way he left yeah. was, um, wasn't petulant. Well, he, kept, he, he stepped up when it really mattered. Yeah. He's probably the first player since Siriki Lambert to leave uh, with his kind of head held high. Mm. You know, I, I, I think... Yeah, so Ricky Lambert. Absolutely. Hopefully, yeah, deservedly so. Her Majesty, get get him on the list. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, there we go. Decent Tadic. I'm I'm sorry to see him go. See him go. Fifteen million quid is what we're getting. He's going to Ajax. I mean, I can see why go to Ajax. Bit of fun. Relatively easy league, Champions yeah. League football, year in year out. Yeah, I mean, decent money. He was a big name when we signed him out of that league. Like he was a big name in that league when mm. we signed him out of the league. So you can see how Ajax are playing him as a big transfer and showing that they're still big boys on the block. Yeah. Um, decent Tadic does have his detractors, though. I mean, I've heard. I think when we first signed Decent Tadic and Graziano Pella, it almost seemed too good to be true. Oh, it was amazing, wasn't it? They just everything they touched turned to goals. Yeah, and it kind of was but actually it kind of wasn't because you look at those three seasons in a row in the Premier League 
where we had eighth, seventh, and sixth. I mean, the eighth, the eighth was under Pellegrino, and we thought it's not going to get any better. And then we Pochettino. sold. Pochettino. Yeah, sorry, Pochettino, Pochettino. not Pellegrino. Yeah. Um, and then we had, yeah, decent Tadic and, and Graziano, and and even under Claude Well, he still had his moments, and even under Pellegrino, he still had his moments. And I think in terms of a talented player, we probably haven't had. In like the terms of skill level, probably since Adam Lallana, well, he drove, which was he was brought in to replace, wasn't he? Well, he drove Saints fans mad, didn't he? If you you know if you were at the games and you you heard the amount of effing and blinding directed at him, and I think that's because he was always trying to do something. He was always trying to find a pass, find a shot, do something special. He was always trying to hurt the opposition. He didn't really often try and do the simple thing, mm. and you know, there are very few players that when they try and do the difficult thing, always or mostly get it right. And, uh, you know, the, the football is difficult because you shouldn't come down to statistics. But when you look at Saints' most influential players at the attacking side of the pitch over the last three years or so, um, he is arguably the one that stands out in terms of assists and goals scored. I mean, I've heard Duncan Alexander talking about this before, but quite often the most creative players and the players that are trying the difficult things do have the worst statistics in terms of giving the ball away. I mean, Alex Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez at Arsenal had the worst stats for giving the ball away, but you look at the time he spent at Arsenal, apart from the, probably the last half of the season that he was there, he was, he was so threatening. And... Uh, I have heard other players, and I can't remember who it was, described Tadic as the player that opposition teams feared most in the Saints squad. So, and that's what Mark Hughes said about him yeah. as well. Yeah, so so I think he's going to be a big loss. But hopefully one of our new signings is going to be that player that the other players fear. So, I've got a note here. Do we want to talk about pre-season? I don't see the point. I mean, like... The signings are what matters. The training's what matters, which we don't get to see. Yeah. Um, tour of China. Tour of China. I did see a rumor. Did you see that rumor that the tour of China was a disaster, and that the everyone hated the hotels, they hated the games, they hated the pitches they trained on, and the players just spent all the time drinking. It's a rumor I've read. Uh, any truth in that? Anyone get in touch? Yeah, I mean, my lack of interest in pre-season, considering we had the World Cup. And then it went straight into the Tour de France where Geraint Thomas was doing so well. I've got to admit, I didn't spend an awful lot of time looking at the Saints tour in China. Well, I I did kind of try and watch one of the streams, but it was so bad, it was impossible and I gave up. But you can't really read much into pre-season, but probably the the most important thing is that you've got decent facilities and the players are getting back to fitness. So if they've got rubbish facilities and the players are drinking, that might not be great news. But that's just, that's a rumour from the China. I mean, who knows? Um, But yeah, what really matters is the time they put in back at home, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. Do you think uh, fans are right to have had a total meltdown after the 3-0 loss to Derby County in pre-season? I mean... Potentially, but like, you think if you looked at those games, you think we played Schalke so early on the season, can't read much into it. And Derby came in at about what three three weeks into mm. preseason training, so you'd expect the players to be getting back up to match fitness. You'd expect, and you'd expect Derby to put up put up a good good match against us, and you know conceding three against a championship side. 
if it was if it was in the League Cup in mm. a few weeks' time, we'd be yeah, you know, throwing throwing all of the toys out of the pram. And um, probably in the two preseason games that we've got coming up this week, Celta Vigo and is it Bruce who mentioned about that? Before? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the return of Sofiane Buffal, like. Mark Hughes tried to see the end of him. <laughs> and oh, yeah. He just comes straight back, back yeah. like a boomerang. Like a, a stadium ban for Buffalo. Like a bad boomerang. All right, let's get on to your tweets then, listeners. So, Muckers, Red Saints 76. He says, I think we'll finish 7th, 8th, maybe another cup run to get us excited. But bizarrely, he says, we'll think this is a good season despite achieving exactly the same the season before last. Um, which was obviously the season under well. Also, I wonder if season ticket sales will be down to you. Yes. You think season ticket sales are down? I think they probably are, yeah. I wonder if the Claude Puel effect might have been worse in terms of season ticket sales than the... I mean, possibly. Last season. Cause possibly. Actually, nearly getting relegated and surviving is more exciting than <laughs> apparently finishing eighth when your season peaked and uh, sure? I mean, peaked to Anfield in what January? I think I was seeking anger management help from about October onwards. Yeah. I, I mean, I know of at least one Saints fan that's not renewed their season ticket, and one Saints fan that has renewed their season ticket as kind of as a result of the end of last season. So maybe it balances itself out. Um, I mean, I'd be delighted with seventh or eighth in a cup oh, run. That would be incredible. I mean, that would yeah, be, be great. you know, you, we'd all take that now. You, yeah. You'd snap your hand off. Which is funny because we all weren't so delighted with it after Quell had achieved it. But, you know, I think last season was perhaps a reality check. Yeah, the league the league is, is so strong. Mm. Looking like Wolves. You know, Wolves have come up, players have signed, the squad they had initially, and then they've signed really, really good players. Um the idea that, you know, we learned this last year, and I think if you listen back to the first show, mm. the preview show, I probably said that, like, the re- the promoted teams are going to get hammered week mm. in, week out. Brighton and Huddersfield don't have a hope in hell. Um, showed us. And, you know, again, the, the promoted teams, maybe Cardiff aside, look very, very strong. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Pregnell, Jamie underscore Pregnell on Twitter, um, says, will this be, <laughs> I think we asked this question, last summer as well will this be a make or break season for James Ward Prowse that time he reached his potential in the Saints FC shirt what are your opinions um how old is he still he's only like 20 24 <laughs> he started so young so it like he seems a lot older than he actually it's is so misleading isn't it he's only 23 years old he's yeah. only 23 I mean I still thought I I still had a really far outside shot of being a professional footballer when I was twenty eight. So, in 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 dreams, like literal dreams. Yeah, but I um, don't think that's a real. <laughs> at thirty one, I'm, I'm I'm happily in retirement with yeah. my dreams. Looking forward to management in my dreams instead. Um, but I think I think he's I think he's got time. Yeah, I think he's good, and I think he he's. Like he's he's missing a little bit in his game. Um, he's definitely got a great ball. He's got a great free kick, and um, and maybe just missing a little bit of solidity in tackling and being able to keep the ball um, and distribute it a bit better. But I think he's I think he's really good, and I think we will see him improve. I think we saw him improve last season, mm. and yeah, another season, another couple of seasons. 
My, pre-season time he might be playing for maybe England maybe he's going to peak at like 36 or something and we've still got another 12 years before it happens I think our kids will be doing this podcast and they will say is this James James Will Prowse <laughs> season um, I love James Will Prowse I just again I've said it loads of times before I just don't know what he is yeah. I d- he's not a winger he's not a centre midfielder in the sort of tackling back sense he lacks a sort of pace. He can't, he doesn't beat people one on one. Um, I just don't know what he is. Like, and I think it's a genuine, it's not me being facetious or trying to like wind anyone up. I just don't know. Like, in the modern, you know, he's clearly got incredible talent at set pieces, but he's also incredibly frustrating. So I, I'm going to push you for an answer. Is it going to be a make or break season? Basically, you're saying no, he's just going to continue in the middle. I guess it kind of, but it, it kind of has to be. But if we're going to play a five-three-two, which everything looks like we're going to, is he going to be ahead of Lamina, Romeu, Armstrong, um, oh, yeah, whoever else we got? We only need to see your players. One of the yeah, one of the wingers. You'd yeah. think off the. I don't know. Like it's, it's, I just don't see him. I can't see him in that team. And I would love to because I do think we look better with him on the pitch. Do you think he's going to be the perpetual Southampton substitute? He's going to grind out a career of, I mean, a long career with lots like four hundred odd appearances and lots of appearances without ever being the first name on the team sheet type player. I I would love him to be, but I just can't see him yeah. breaking into that team. I think if we played like a like a re, I, the only thing I thought is could he one day become like a right wing back? And maybe that's the plan. I right. don't know. We're going to pick up the pace now. Neil Langridge, is this the chance Mark Hughes will seize to play progressive, exciting football at a club that has given him the ideal opportunity, or will he revert to his stayed safe type and get us a solid tenth with minimal fun? Um, I mean, I think I think the performances that he gave us at the end of last season were were quite good. Like the motivate the players were obviously motivated, if, and if he can keep that tempo up. I think we'll do a lot better than we did in those games because we won't have this massive looming panic of we might get relegated. Mm. And so I think that would feed... I think if you looked at some of the games where we took leads and then we lost them, like Chelsea, yeah. Everton, um, I think we'll. I think we'd be able to close those games out this time. I agree. Because they won't be panicking. And so hopefully, hopefully yeah, I think... I mean, Hopefully it's tenth without a fuss. Yeah, I agree. I think I think we'll obviously we'll see smarter football this year. Okay. I mean, Lucy Heiner kind of says to um, to Neil here, "You're making tenth sound a lot easier than I expect it to be." Um, but Richard Harrison saying solidity at the back, creativity in midfield, and out wide potency up front. I think we could be battling for a European place once again. Is that a little bit optimistic? Well, what top seven get Europe? I don't know if the potency up front has necessarily been solved yet. Yeah, Moses Lamborghini. If this climate change continues, will it spell the end <laughs> of the bobble hat? Um, I hope not. I've been looking at this. So, I, I mean, I work in sustainability as a profession, so we do a little bit of climate modelling and climate adaptation. We think about how we're going to adapt the the buildings that we manage for the the future climate. Um the chances are we're going to have more extremes of weather. So, and in fact, if the, um, 
if the jet stream which brings us our temperate climate um, goes awry we're, we'll actually probably see more extremes in the summer and more extremes in the winter so then you may even find that there's a good few extra months of bobble hat wearing <laughs> in the winter so are you saying buy shares in bobble hat makers well, is that your advice i mean my start advice knitting really your bobble hats would actually be to invest in renewable energy <laughs> um get rid of politicians that uh, sit in the cabinet and are linked to the companies like shell and esso and then give you lukewarm renewable policies um, as a way of disguising the fact that they actually want the whole sector to, to, to die because they've got financial invested interest in it but where do you stand on bobble hats john Bobble hats, I think, are good. I think, you know, they're, they're nice. And I think regardless of whether we solve the problem of climate change or not, there's a future in bobble hats. So you're okay. Nice. I invested all my kids' uh, savings in bobble hats, so that's good to know. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so Leslie Lamborghini also says, will we sign that last uh, forward-thinking player? Um, and how fine, actually, is Stuart Armstrong's hair? Well, I think we've already answered that that's one. bloody good. Um, forward-thinking player? I mean, let's hope so. Um, Saint Segi actually replied to Leslie's Lamborghini and she says, defo not in terms of the end of the bobble hats. I think she's right. She's also done her research on climate change adaptation. Um, two, will we sign that forward thinking player? No. So she doesn't you know, expect us to sign a striker. And three, loves the hair, as everyone seems to with, with Stuart Armstrong. Shirley Mush, um, great blogger on Southampton. Do look up uh, his blog pieces. They're really kind of quite thoughtful. Question I've been thinking a lot about is WTF is going on with Kruger's um, and Southampton's approach. Um, so Southampton's approach has changed quite a lot since he arrived. Yet so far this summer, um, the strategy he strongly applied would be adopted hasn't materialised. So I think he's talking about Kruger's interview where he said the Southampton way, which we thought was about bringing players through from youth and getting into the first team, is actually about bringing players from abroad and selling them to the big clubs. I mean, is Kruger just confused and caught in the headlights when he does interviews? Because he's done a You'd few, hope they've not. all been quite confusing, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, you think not, because, you know, John, your job is much more important than my sustainability. My job is um, corporate PR. So you'd think he would go and sit in an interview and not know what he's going to talk about and not know the kind of three or four points he really wants to get across. I don't know. Maybe we are going to see. Maybe some of this transfer in action is a sign that the Sounds Way is going to come back. We spoke about last season loads about Josh Sims. Maybe the reason why we've not signed uh, a right-sided winger uh, which we you know we realise we will need uh, is because we're going to play Josh Sims. Yeah. Uh, Josh Sims is, is you know I think he's one of our most exciting players. Maybe the reason why we're not signed a second right back to cover uh, Suarez is because Harrison Reed's going to come back. Harrison Reed played right back, yeah. um, uh, you know, for Norwich last year. Maybe that's the reason why. Maybe the reason we're not signed a forward is because Gallagher's going to get some game time. We don't quite know anything right now. Yeah. And I think Kruger's comments haven't really cleared anything up, have they? And the way that Southampton—I mean, to be honest—I mean, Kruger made those comments about flogging players to the big six at a time when we had no players left <laughs> that the big six would be remotely interested in. So, um, yeah, interesting comments. Maybe, to maybe he was shopping around to get some extra money. And uh, I, I do think he just stepped. He does seem to have this thing of when we're in crisis, he'll step out and do an interview for the local news, where he basically just goes everything's fine yeah calm down and people ignore him so here's a quick quick fire question who scores the most goals out of Elianusi Armstrong or Vestergaard out of those three yeah Elianusi yeah I gotta agree 
He's going to punish people. I'm going to go Vestigard. I love Vestigard. He's going to have a song, isn't he? It's going to be so good. Yeah. Let's put this out to the listeners. At SexFC Podcast or SexFC Podcast at gmail.com. What are going to be the songs that we'll have for those three? They're all quite... I'd love to see anyone who can rhyme El Hanusi with anything. <laughs> um, Pravel Kakural has said, I thought Saints were going to be relegated last season, especially after the Palace game, but fair play, they proved me wrong, uh, which is obviously what I wanted. Um, but will I be a negative person again? If I think the priority this season should be survival first, because that the Premier, that's the Premier League. As anyone outside the top six could get into a relegation battle and the manager changes situations. I mean, can, can we hope for better than the survival? I, I'd hope that we could. You'd be... Well, I think all teams probably aim for survival first. It's kind of obvious. And I don't see that we'll do anything different. At the end of the day, they're going to go out there and want to win every single game. Yeah that's just what they should be trying to do and that's what they absolutely will try and do whether it's Man City away or Cardiff at home they're going to try and win every single game to be honest I, I think what I'd love to see is Saints make a really solid start get going and be in the position where the players are playing with confidence and they can actually take a little bit more of a risk in terms of our youth players and bring in you bring some more of them into the squad more regularly and the manager to not feel that like impending sense of doom and pressure to, to just stick with yeah. the old, old players but we've got again you know we had this last season we didn't capitalise on it we've got a relatively soft start to the season Burnley at home Everton away Leicester at home Palace away Brighton at home yeah like those are games we should be looking to take points. three points from probably every single one of those maybe you know you get you take a draw at Everton away so there's no reason, you know, we should be kicking the, we should be kicking on, um, because we need to, like, we don't want to be doing what we did last season where we didn't take the opportunity to take points and then all of a sudden we're in yeah. doggy doo Yeah. Okay. Um, which player to look out for this season? James. Alianisi. Tom. Armstrong. Me. Benderek. Oh, you love Ben Ray, don't you? I, he's, he's become my... Cult hero, yeah. Player. Only in the last kind of like few months. He's got such good hair. You would have thought after that game that we... Did all three of us go down to watch that game? Oh, you, you went to Wolves. Who yeah. would have thought that Bednarek that day would be a player who would go to the World Cup... Score. Score a goal and get a man of the match. Okay, admittedly it was in a game which didn't mean an awful lot for Poland because they'd already been knocked out, but... Still counts. He also scored a goal against, was it Tottenham Hotspur? Chelsea. Chelsea. The heartbreak um, game. And he looked really brilliant for the last half of the season. And I wouldn't be surprised if Benrek, who was bottom of the pecking order in terms of defenders, foreign guard us aside, um, maybe starts the season closer to the top. So our three centre-backs, in your view, would be... Benrek. Best guard. I think probably after the World Cup he had Shida. Shida. I think Wesley Hoot and Jack Stevens have some catching up to do. I mean, I'd, I'd kind of like to see, I mean, Best guard and Hoyt is a is mm. a big centre-back pairing, but Hoyt's useless in the air, so it doesn't make any difference anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think I'd expect those three to be the ones that line up against Burnley. So there we go. Um, and the Burnley game are interesting because they've already played Europe. They're going to play Europa League games. So are we going to get a tired Burnley or are we going to get a much more match fit? Probably than Saints Burnley. Burnley. Yeah, so that's quite interesting. Seriously, aren't they? Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting, difficult one to start the season with. Um, who do you think will be Southampton's player of the season? Last year, you predicted it would be Oriel Romeo. Who was our player of the season this season? I did we Stuart Armstrong. Our player of the season yeah. was Hoiberg, I think. Was it Hoiberg? Yeah. There wasn't a standout. I can't believe None it. of them really did well. Hoiberg got on the back of it. He actually looked like he cared every single game. Yeah, and he did that. It was at the interview after the Newcastle game where he looked really emotional. Yeah. Yeah, we liked that. We chose... Um, Player of the season last season is Pierre-Emile Hoiberg for the Saints FC podcast. Um, but Alex McCarthy, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg and Tadic were the nominees that we had. But going back to our point about James Ward-Prowse there, if you think about us playing 5-3-2 and therefore our full-backs being the wingers mm. and that's for us needing midfielders that can hold yeah. the ball, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, yeah. you know, like, fantastic in that role. So... So what, what I mean is like that's not again it, our, our formation doesn't lend itself to Ward Prowse. No. So how who was your prediction for the player of the season this year? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go Vestergaard. Vestergaard. Because I just think love him. I think um, Charlie Austin's gonna get played by the manager and therefore he's gonna score 14, 15 goals and get on at a player of the season. He loves scoring goals. Oh. Yeah, and he he loves playing matches which Pellegrino really didn't like him doing <laughs> stop playing those matches Charlie um, this is you know it's it's a tough one I'm going to go for Gabby Adini it's total oh yeah I mean I, I, I realise that's a total wild card the I'm purists on that. but wouldn't that be great if Gabby Adini is our player of the season, it probably means we've had a pretty wonderful yeah. season, I think. Yeah. He looks like an extra from Assassin's Creed. Um, I'm a big Gabby Adini fan. He's just a fox in the box. Yeah. I mean, you could see it with Oyanisi's little ding, dinks over the top through balls that, um, that, that might really play into Gabby Adini really well because Gabby Adini loves to chase the ball and... They don't really like. We weren't really giving him that service last season. And it's funny though, sorry, because we talked about the lack of forwards we have. Mm. We've got an Italian international, yeah, yeah, who didn't play in the World Cup because Italy didn't get in the World yeah. Cup. Um, but kudos to him this summer. You know, his um, his, he kept on telling his agent to go back out to the press and say, "I don't want to move to Bologna or any other club in Italy." Yeah, let me play in the Premier League. I mean. It- I think what that tells you is the fact that Bertrand stayed, the fact that Cedric has stayed mm. so far, the fact that Gabbiadini is still here. Um, to date, as we're recording, Lamina is still here as well. It does tell you that I think the players are a little bit more bought into the manager. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think you can imagine the meltdown if any of those four are gone. Yeah. I mean, I think if Pellegrino was still here, we would have. Well. If, if Pellegrini was still here and we'd somehow managed to stay in the Premier League, we would have seen a total exodus of players, I'm sure of it. Yes. And this would have been a very, very sad Demoral. podcast. <laughs> um, youth player to establish themselves in the first team. James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Josh, Josh Sims. 
Josh Sims is who we chose last oh, year. Oh, I love yes. Josh Sims. It was injury, really, that prevented him from yeah. making that step up. But he is so direct. He's exciting to watch. I he think. is exciting. I mean, what's interesting, uh, someone like Jan Valerie is in the first two squad who people who watch sort of um, the reserve teams of Saints and the, and the youth teams of Saints have spoken about in sort of hushed terms about yeah. in terms of the talent he's got. Um, and we do, you know, we've got one right back. That's true. You know, so, and he's 19. Um, by all accounts, the kid has got acres of talent. So so what about, kind of like, are we going to see anything from Upper Femi? We saw about 15 minutes from last season, which I quite enjoyed. You just can't imagine him getting on the pitch, can you? I mean, like, if you think all the, if you think the things that have to happen for him to get on the pitch, so Charlie Austin has to be injured, be injured not unlikely. Shane Long has to be rubbish, not unlikely. Gabby Dean has to be out of favour, not unlikely. Maybe you know, Sam, 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 Sam God, has to be loaned out to Sam, Birmingham City, yeah, which is highly likely. Yeah. You know, oh. so yeah, God, he's going to start every game. Yeah, I mean, the other player that I'd like to see get a few games is is Jake Heskin. Oh like, God, I saw yeah. him a couple of seasons ago against Palace in the League Cup, and he just tore through that Palace team just with just by like he just the second you gave him the ball, he'd pass it on to the striker and. And just that quick movement is was really worked for us what, in that game. What about Sam McQueen? It, I guess I mean, it depends if one of Bertrand or Cedric leave, then he's quite useful yeah. in the wing back position. Yeah, I think him and Target really have to Target's get a, get a solid injury mm. to get themselves a good season. I think Target will happily and relatively successfully step Can we say Sturgeon's anything team. for Jace Flanagan, Alfie James, Will Woods? Can't see Will, you know. I, th- I think you have to be realistic. I think that um, one of you, the young rally, I'd love uh, Hesketh to get a chance. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. The challenge is the league is just so good and the players are so big and they're so strong that for a young player to come through, you've got to be really special now. Yeah. I mean, it- Looking at the Saints squad, there's 71 players listed, I think. No, well, no, there's 71 numbers in the squad. But there's a hell of a lot of players. Yeah. I mean, so that's all the players that could potentially be senior players. And I mean, we still obviously have like a massive youth development programme, but we've, we've got to see some of these players start to come through now, haven't we? Yeah, they've got to shape up or ship out, and that's um, that's sad. But let, we've got a really strong, s- solid squad. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hope that the reason why we're not seeing some signings is because we're going to get some some young players come yeah. through. Okay. Um, get ready for your predictions. So I'm going to read one more tweet from uh, one of our listeners. But whilst I read that tweet and we think about the answer for that, I also want you to, in the back of your head, to come up with your prediction for the position that Southampton are going to finish in this season. Southampton's top goal scorer and also the Premier League's top goal scorer. Your top four of the Premier League and your bottom three. And your cult hero, although I think Tom's already answered that one. So, but what do you think about that? Aaron Collum uh, tweets in and says, Are you feeling hope? And if we're honest about our acquisitions, have we really done the business to solve our goals problem? But what I really liked about this tweet and why I left it for last was, are you feeling hope? 
at the start of this season. Poor hope. Uh, I, I, I feel optimistic at the start of every season. Um, why can't you know if you if you can't this is the most optimistic you can be for the entire season is this is the best part of the this season? is the best bit I mean it certainly is for Liverpool fans isn't it you should put us in a box now until this time next year but if you can't feel optimistic now and you can't feel excited now mm. then maybe you need to find another hobby because there's nothing to make you feel negative certainly yeah, right if now we have, if we don't have hope what do we have Tom despair okay James do you have hope <laughs> yes I have hope okay Hope square, hope cubed. I mean, this. I always have hope. You know what? And it's it's actually the times when you heading down to St Mary's, and there's been a few occasions where I've been heading down to St Mary's and I've felt like actually, I don't have hope. I'm not looking forward to this. I don't have the buzz that you get from a match day, and it's very, very, very rare that you get that feeling. So I, I still have hope. Yeah, and we got it. We, we, you know, the positivity will feed into mm. the players. Uh, and we need to be positive because we need to give the players everything they can in terms of your second question I don't think we've necessarily solved the goals problem because as we just discussed there it is quite likely that Austin could get injured it is quite likely that Gabbiadini could go off the boards. it's quite likely that Sam Gallagher is going to be loaned out do we have another striker? Oh, yeah, Shane Long is gone. yeah and Shane Long wow yeah. I mean the runs a lot didn't he? the <laughs> I love Shane Long, but, but I don't know if we're going to get another double-figure season out of him. You sort of expect us to buy a striker if we just mm. shipped out... Oh, I mean, okay, he's, he's our record transfer striker, but he's probably the fourth in the pecking order by now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if we ship one out, we'd assume we'd bring one in, really. Yeah. So, predictions for the season. Let's start with a big one. Where are Saints going to finish this season? 11th. I think we'll finish a uh, solid ninth. Ooh. A solid ninth is what Tom predicted last season. Ooh. I predicted seventh. Last you were so optimistic. Was so wrong. I mean, you can see, Aaron, that my hope shouldn't be uh, taken with a serious helping of salt and pepper and various other things to, to season it. I'm going to go tenth, which means that we've all put a slap bang in the middle of the table, haven't we? Between ninth and eleventh. Yeah, but remember, like, the difference between 17th and 10th is usually only, like, six or seven points. Mm. And I think you look at last season, even in those performances, we we should have really got another six or seven points. Yeah. I agree. Um, top goal scorer? Charlie Austin's red and white. Same hit. He hates Pompey. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. He doesn't. Um, <laughs> he loves horses as well. Gosh, let's. Let, I mean, if Charlie Austin gets twenty games, twenty-four games, he's going to be our top goal scorer, isn't he? He'll get a goal every two games. If he plays, he gets goals. Like I mean, he's he scored. I mean, that's what he does. You know, he doesn't yeah. do much else, but that's fine. We're totally fine with that. Gary Lineker didn't do much else. He just scores goals. Yeah. Um, so Charlie Austin, it is. Uh, Premier League top goal scorer here's an interesting comment so who was the top goal scorer last season Harry Kane Lukaku and by the way for those of you listening to the podcast I'm shaking my head as the <laughs> answer's coming 
That's Mohammed Salah, wasn't it? Of course uh, it was. Course it was. Yeah. yeah. Tom, what comment did you say about Mohammed Salah this point last season? He said he's inconsistent, John. <laughs> well, let's hope so. He's going to have a stinker <laughs> of a season this season. I mean, you know, he did have one game where he didn't score, so that does count as inconsistent. Yeah. I think I'm sticking by my guns on this. Um, can we see pass Salah for the top goal scorer this season? I'd be amazed if it's like I, I can't see anyone but like even beating Man City this mm. year. So I'll be amazed like even like someone like Aguero. Again, it's getting on a yeah. bit. Yeah, I think it's just a goal machine. Yeah, but there's four players really: there's Salah, Lukaku, Kane, and Aguero. And so you'd assume it would come from one of those four. I think Harry Kane's going to do it. I, I'd hope it's Harry Kane because I like as long as he doesn't score against us, which he obviously will do. Yeah, because uh, I love him a lot. Top four Premier League. I'm going to go Man City at the top. Again, retaining the title doesn't often happen. No, I'm going to go uh, Liverpool second, Spurs third, uh, and then um, I'm going to, yeah, Spurs third, and then probably Arsenal fourth. Back to their uh, back to their rightful position with, with Arsenal. So what you're saying is Chelsea going to miss out? Yeah, I just, I don't know, they've not signed, I mean, they're looking at losing a lot of their players, aren't they? And obviously they'll sign other players, but there does seem to be a lot of discontent around that football club. Again, they've binned off a manager. It just seems weird. They're talking about losing the goalkeeper, losing Hazard, struggling to keep Kante. Mm -hmm. Morata might be off. Uh, A lot of negativity around Chelsea. Do you think um, some of the big spenders, Everton, West Ham, could get up there? Do you think Leicester could rekindle their form, break into the top four? Definitely no on Leicester. Right. Everton just, I, I don't get it. 40 million on Charleston. Yeah. You also left out Manchester United. Are you thinking Mourinho's going to be no hope? Really? I think Mourinho's going to be fired. Yeah. I think Mourinho's doing that thing that Mourinho does to set himself up to be fired, you know, where he moans about everything and blames everyone else, and then he gets fired and he gets two years' money. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Yeah, I'll put that past him. So, James, top, top four. I'm going to go with, um, let's see, Arsenal, Arsenal fourth. I was going to say Arsenal. No, oh, Arsenal champions. fourth. You are brave. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, I've got a good one, though. Man United third, Man City second, and I'm going to go throw the boat out Um it'll probably sink Liverpool to win the league I think Van Dijk is going to plug that massive hole in the Liverpool defence I would like Tottenham I, I to win the league I, I wanted it to happen I'm just saying that's what I think might happen okay I am going to go Manchester City Manchester United Tottenham Hotspur Chelsea so I know Liverpool even the top four I think it's going to be hilarious. Is that because you don't want Liverpool to be there or you don't think they're going to be there? Um, I think that you're onto something when you said Mohamed Salah was inconsistent last year and I think this season they'll all be scratching their heads um, as to why it's not worked out. Okay, so bottom three now. Who's going to be the victim? You can't see... Oh, I said this last year. Can't I was see used. Past can't see past Hardisford Brighton. No, definitely. You can't see... Past Cardiff, Cardiff City, Cardiff City, lovely city, lovely, you know, lovely people, but you just can't see them staying up. Uh, I think Watford are going to struggle, mm-hmm. um, and um, 
then I, you know, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I, I, Fulham have signed some good players, but I, I just don't, can't. Like none of the, you know, Mitrovic is their big striker. You need someone in Premier League who's going to score you goals. Mitrovic is not a Premier League goal scorer. Mm. I'll be proved wrong probably, but so yeah, for me, like Cardiff, like Watford, Fulham. Oh, don't <laughs> we? You know, we'd have, and we'd have killed. Mitrovic in your yeah. fantasy Premier League side. And the funny thing is, as Saints fans, we'd have killed for Glenn Murray, wouldn't we, last mm. season? James? I mean, Cardiff yeah. are going to provide a lot of entertainment with Neil Warnock. It'll be great to see him back doing post-match interviews. There's a great video of him um, of him after we beat the... Did we beat them at Leeds? We beat them at Leeds, didn't we? With Nigel Atkins when we got promoted. And there is a great cl- sound bite where they shake hands and, um, and Neil Warnock says something that shouldn't be repeated on this podcast, but it's worth looking it up on YouTube. Okay. And um, so I think they're going to come last. I, um, I think Fulham, I mean, we, we played them when we were probably at our weakest and still did, they didn't really put that much pressure on us. Um, and and then the other one I think is definitely going to be Huddersfield because I think they got they got very lucky, and I think they'll be completely found out. Huddersfield is an interesting one. I I think it's going to be Cardiff, Huddersfield, and Brighton. I think Huddersfield and Brighton had a bit of momentum. I think they're going to s- suffer from second season syndrome. Triple um, S again. Cardiff, Neil Warnock is kind of. Cursed, isn't he, in the Premier League? Can't quite do it. Interestingly, I think Wolverhampton Wanderers out of the promoter side will get slots straight into the top half of the table. It's signed quality players, yeah, and they had and they had really good players, yeah. Serious prospects as well. The only thing with Wolves is I think they might. I just feel they might have like something. I know that you expect they've signed all these flair players, and that's they might get found out in defence or something like that. Cult hero. Best God, James. I think um, no. I'm going to go for the the hair. Um, Armstrong. Armstrong. <laughs> I'm going to get the Adini again. Next fixtures, we got Burnley home, Everton away. Car Saints. Burnley home, first day of the season. They're already a little bit warmed up. Had a bit of European practice. I think we're going to win. I said this. We, never, we never win in the start. Of the yeah, but it doesn't matter. This is a new era. I think we're going to win. I think it's going to be tight. I think we're going to win 1-0. I think it's going to be Charlie Austin. James? I think... Um, I'm going to go with a crazy 3-1 to Southampton. That's insane. I'm gonna think, but we've, we've beaten them before that by that margin. So we can do it again. I'm going to say that Fraser Forster is going to complete a loan over to um, Burnley. And he's going to pull off the performance that we saw when Saints drew with Arsenal we're not going there's going to be a clause in that yeah but surely yeah they're not normally allowed are they yeah they are allowed to play against there they're not yeah but I think most of the lone clubs don't allow it okay okay alright well I'll go for a score draw then I mean Tom Heaton's no mug so either way you're going to face a decent keeper and Everton away are we finally going to win there no 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 you'd take that wouldn't you so first two games of the season we'll be joint second Four points. With four points. Yeah, with, with like seven or eight other teams. I'm going to say <laughs> join 12th with two points, I think. Two draws. And then we're going to start to pick up the pace. Well, I, I'm fine with that as well. 
Okay, anyway, I think we've got to the end of the show unless there's anything else that either of you two feel that you must desperately add before the season starts. No. No, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> well, then. Um, ta-ta, everyone. Uh, thank you very much for listening once again. Well done if you've made it this far through to the podcast. It's probably two commutes worth. Uh, yeah, home... Uh, journey as well as your commuting um, if you'd like to get in contact with us it's at Saints FC Podcast on Twitter it's Saints FC Podcast at gmail.com give us a rating on iTunes um, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and remember to share this far and wide so it's bye bye from me it's good night from me good night